Hey, big boxers. Welcome to On the Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into major big box retailer. Tim here with you, and uh, we are back with our third Flash Topic. I hope you guys are enjoying these. We are having a ton of fun putting topics up uh, to a panel and kind of discussing them and getting everybody's opinion. Not that everybody's opinion is always the same, but that's the cool part, I think. I think uh, it adds value to uh, you guys if you can hear more than one person's opinion. And uh, so that's what we do. Um, Once a month, we get together for a flash topic. We throw out a topic that's unknown to everyone, and uh, we discuss it so that you guys can get the value from that. Back this time is uh, Salah Khalaf. He uh, was not there for Flash Topic number two. He was busy selling products. So he's back, former Walmart and Sam's Club buyer. Karan Moore is also back, uh, buyer for the University of Colorado. She was also not uh, present at Flash Topic two. And then uh, Joe Tarnowski is back. And of course, myself. Tracy Hazard could not be with us this time, but I'm sure she will be back for FT number four. So, listen, I hope you guys enjoy. We had a ton of fun doing it. Let's get right into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the panelists for Flash Topic. Good to uh, be back with you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're switching it up again a little bit this week because uh, Tracy's off, you know, I don't know, doing something for Inc. Magazine or one of the 50 things that she does. And uh, Janie couldn't be with us. So we have the uh, we're, we're buyer heavy um today with uh karan and salah but that's good because we're kind of have a topics uh that relate to buyer so that'll be fun i'm, I'm excited about it hey um i want to just say real quick uh because i'm not going to do it in the intro because this is our third one and people should kind of know what we're talking about but uh i want to talk real quick about you know flash topic and what it is and what it does so uh big boxers you know just in general the idea behind Flash Topic was always going to be to get a panel of experts together and then hit them with a topic that they don't have time to Google it, think about it, worry about it, wonder about it. Um, they, we just want to get your gut reaction on what you think about this topic, and then we discuss it. And that's basically what Flash Topic is. It's a flash. They get a topic, and we're going to discuss it. And, and in that, we should get pretty much everybody's basic understanding of the topic without being able to like i said spend a lot of time thinking about what we're gonna say so yeah we're gonna we're gonna move on first i want everybody kind of introduce themselves um everybody should be getting and and familiar with uh everybody at this point so just kind of keep it to the basics but uh so i'll go first and uh you know tell everybody who you are and what you do yeah thank you uh tim glad to be here uh my name is salah Kalaf. i'm a Recently retired from Walmart Sam's Club, uh, I've held uh, several positions, uh, operations, and also uh, a senior buyer of dry grocery for the company, among as supplier diversity and so forth. So glad to be here, glad to be uh, of uh, help and resource to uh, future suppliers. Awesome. Karan. Hi, I'm Karan Moore from the University of Colorado in beautiful Boulder. And we have, on campus, we have 12 retail locations, and I purchase for all 12 locations for a demographic of 17 to 22. Nice. Okay. And Joe? All right. I'll keep it quick because I've been on a few of these already. So I'm Joe Twanowski, uh, VP of Content for ECRM, and uh, basically we help 
uh, retailers to discover new products and uh, plan their categories. Uh, and we just acquired Range Me, which you guys have heard about on a previous podcast. So I'll keep it at that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was actually supposed to be recording with um, Nikki tomorrow, but uh, her schedule changed. So we had to move it to Monday. But yeah, so Monday, be recording with Nikki Jackson, president, founder of uh, Range Me, kind of um, in a different type of podcast, really more of a success story, tell us your journey type of podcast from kind of the beginnings and, and how she kind of got up to where she was able to have her um, company acquired by ECRM. So that should be pretty fun. And like I've been saying on previous podcasts, everybody, if you have questions for Nikki, uh, definitely hit us out on Twitter and we'll make sure that we ask those. And Salah, I just wanted to mention because uh, I was supposed to come out and, and, and we were supposed to see each other. And then I, I kid you not, I emailed my client and said, hey, what's your itinerary? And he emailed me back, and he's like, what are you talking about? We're not uh, – are we going somewhere? And I had my entire week mixed up. So the trip wasn't actually for, for the until the next week. So we missed each other. But I had a really good time at Walmart's, uh, you know, um, open call for, uh, you know, uh, U.S. manufacturers and uh, U.S.-made product, and it was nice. That was my first time to Walmart corporate office. And so, I, yeah, I had a good time. Uh, glad, glad to hear that. Yeah, that's a, a big event. I missed it this year, but uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll connect again uh, uh, soon here at Bentonville, Tim. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and the, and the city was um, um, was interesting. You know, I, I Ubered around the city. So, you know, everybody that I Ubered with uh, at some point in their life had worked for Walmart. Huh, not surprising. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah. if, if you talk about 35, well... Let's see, Northwest Arkansas has 200,000 people, but really the city here, 35,000 uh, population, uh, 80% are employed or associated to Walmart home office of some sort. So, um, and very diverse city as well. If you talk about uh, Walmart brought in um, people from all over the world uh, into this small town. So, um, and then we have the Crystal Bridges Museum. I don't know if you had a chance to visit. Which no, is a, I was, yeah, I was pretty busy, but state of the art uh, uh, class class act here. You guys look it up online. Crystal Bridges, really beautiful. It's a museum about American arts uh, history, uh, funded by Alice Walton. It cost about six hundred billion a million dollars to do. So wow. Uh, anyway, nice town. Yeah, Thank look you. at Salal pitching for his town down here. Okay, right. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, you know, back in the, um, you know, back in like the Western days when a town would come up because there was gold or, or there was something, somebody found something and then they built a town around it. And then when that commodity dried up, you know, the entire town just dried up. I can only imagine what would happen to Bentonville if all of a sudden, you know, Walmart dried up, right? It would just be a ghost town. Yeah, well, that's going to be um, impossible since their roots are here and. <laughs> They're planted here, so yeah, yeah. I think they're here to stay. They're here to they're here to stay for all for many many yeah. years. So, all right. So, as in every flash topic, I emailed out three topics to everybody ten minutes before we started, and those topics are number uh, number one: How can you change a retail buyer's mind if they have previously said no? Um, is there um, uh, and then I, I kind of put it in a different way. Is there something you can say to a buyer to make them change their mind after they've already said no? And then number two, what's the best way to have your product stand out to a buyer? And then number three, uh, when selling a product, is it better to be face-to-face? All right, so 
I'm gonna reach into the thing and um, and and pick it out. Hold on. Last time I had only put numbers and I couldn't remember what each number was, so Joe had to totally <laughs> bail me out on that one. All right, so uh, what we're gonna be talking about today is what is the best way to have your product stand out to a buyer. So that'll be, I mean, geez, that's on the mind of every single person who's ever taken a product to um, a retailer or getting ready to take a product to a retailer or thinking about taking a product to a retailer, understanding that every buyer is looking at hundreds of products all the time. So, you know, how can we make those stand out? And, you know, how can you really kind of raise yourself above the fray of product that's that's going out? So let's start with any meeny miny mo. Oh, let's start with Joe. All right. Thank you. Uh, Well, I think right off the bat, you know, relevance is key. Um, You you know, when you're going to put your product in front of that buyer, and I'm assuming that uh, are are you talking about, you know, making it stand out as far as getting their attention, you know, uh, initially or, you know, when they're in that meeting? Yeah. So so great questions. Um, I think probably what, what I'm talking about here is, is getting that initial um, interest level attention. So you send a product off to a buyer, either shoot them an email, make a phone call. Um, you know, you know, half the battle is just getting them uh, to view the product and, and not delete the email or, or pass by it. So yeah, just you know, because they're getting so many every week. That was my when I wrote that question down. My initial thing was, you know, how do you make that first initial contact and get them interested? Great. Okay. So in terms of that, I'd like to go back to like an old classic, and that's uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, right? And, and one of the things that he talked about is speak in terms of them, their needs. And I think that's key is, you know, when you, no matter how you're initially reaching out to them, whether it's uh, email or uh, through social media or phone call, you got to position it in terms of their needs, um, don't talk about, hey, I got this great product. Talk about, I know that this is a challenge that you have, and I'm here to solve that challenge or help you address that challenge. So you f- rephrase that, your communications, uh, outreach in terms of what their needs are, and I think that will go a long way to, to at least getting that their attention right off the bat because it's just – you know, that's what ultimately you want to do is solve problems. So if you position it that way, I think that uh, that would be a great way to get their attention initially. Do you think you're really- And for that, I'm sorry, uh, for that you have to, obviously, you need to know the retailer. You need to know, uh, if you can, you, you have to visit their stores. You have to at least, you know, get a really good working knowledge of the retailer so you know what their challenges are. Yeah. Do you think you would actually use the phrase uh, in an email to a buyer that, you know, I know you have these challenges. Do you think you would call them out like that or would you be more subtle than that? I would definitely be a little more subtle. Uh, like, for for instance, maybe um, um, if you walk in their stores and you saw maybe an op- rephrase it as an opportunity. So let's say you were walking one of their stores and you see something um, maybe the way they're merchandising a particular category that you can help them with, you can use that as your opening. Hey, I saw, you know, I really like what you're doing over here. I think there's a new opportunity to uh, kind of merchandise in a way to get, to get more impact. I'd like to talk to you about that. Or, you know, so something that's relevant, that's tied in. But, yeah, you don't want to do too, be too negative. 
start uh, a little more subtly and, and maybe refocus it as an opportunity. I was getting excited because there's many times, Joe, that I could easily go and say, man, you guys are just missing the boat over yeah. here. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, good catch. Good yeah. catch. <laughs> anyway, Salah, what do you think? So I second what um, George just said, but let me back up a little bit. I think the basics should be covered by every supplier that brings item where it's going to stand out. You know, uh, buyers are professionals. Most of the time, they know their business. They understand packaging. They understand the basics. So really, first of all, after doing the research and knowing your, 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 who you're meeting with and where the gap is, do you have the right packaging? Or do you have the right even label that spells out? Do you know how many times I sat with suppliers who just had good products, but man, poor label, poor packaging. So having the right packaging makes a big difference. Impressive. Uh, is it calling out what the specifications, what are the benefits? Why is your item better? Uh, again, uh, packaging label. Also, data. Data is a big deal these days. Data about is this item trending? Who's buying it? What are the, uh, where is it selling? Uh, what's comparable in the U.S.? What is the competition doing? You know, um, images are so important. You won't believe how many times I get a lot of uh, letters and, and talking about this and the product and, and a lot of paragraphs. But images are hidden back there. Instead of images should be way quality it comes out. It comes at you at the buyer. Wow. So, um, and then the presentation, being passionate, and showing passion about your item to the buyer. It all helps when you're presenting um, your item to the buyer. So, Salam, I have a question for you. Um, so, yeah. So you mentioned, you know, that's a lot of information that you were talking about, the, the packaging and the data and all that. But what if it's my first communication with you? What and I'm sending you an email, you know, what should I include in that email from your perspective as a buyer that would grab your attention right away? No, exactly that. Exactly what I mentioned. It could be in that email. So first of all, you know, introduction, I am so-and-so. Uh, you know, most the, the, the points that should be covered out of the bat is, hey, I am the manufacturer or I am the, this is directed from the manufacturer. I can give you a great cost. Uh, you know, today we're manufacturing this item uh, and it's selling at, you know, one, two, three retailer. Uh, if it's private label, it's already a private label and we're selling it at so-and-so uh, doing well. So we can support you. Our, we have capabilities and I'm attaching images and presentation of the item that I think would be a great fit for your uh, customer or your member, whatever the retailer is. That's what should be the initial email with attachment of great-looking images of the item. So it's not uh, – um, it's okay if they put a lot of information in that initial email? Not a lot of information. Don't lose the buyer. What I just yep. talked about doesn't take but maybe three, four, five bullet points. Okay. So uh, it's not about overwhelming the buyer. Remember, I think we talked previously, uh, you know, I talk about myself when I was buying. You know, if, if the presentation had 50 pages, you lost me. 
<laughs> you know, um, but right to the point, the first one should be just images, impressive images and facts in the email about why this item is important. Gotcha. Nice. Hey, I did also have a follow-up question. You were talking about packaging, and, you know, one of the things I tell my clients is, is, you know, you have to have compelling packaging off the bat, but you're not always going to know... You're not always going to know the specific tweaks that uh, a big retailer like Walmart or um, Costco might want to make on the packaging. So are you recommending that they try to figure that out uh, before they, they go or just have compelling packaging and then with an understanding that, uh, that any particular retailer that could be buying quantities is going to want to tweak that packaging to make it specific for their market and their consumer? Um, because... Uh, uh, manufacturers can get into real trouble if they try to constantly change their packaging and have something ready for the buyer before the buyer even sees it. Um, so d- tell me about that. Explain that to me a little bit. Yeah. So uh, to answer your question, the supplier should not know everything right of the bat going into a meeting with the buyer, but they should have a pretty good idea. They know their item. They know what are the three, four, five things that should be highlighted on a label. Why their item is uh, is quality. What what are the benefits? Why is it better? Again, bullets. But at the same time, um, they should mention in that initial conversation that hey, we're flexible. Uh, we have a design team. We could go in and change um, uh, uh, to make this label fit, and we'll send you a mock-up of. Uh, the feedback you gave us as a buyer, and, and we'll look at it. Now, uh, uh, Tim, it's not about keep changing packaging. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody coming into an initial uh, buyer conversation, but showing flexibility that they're able to adapt and adjust things where the buyer thinks is best for their customer. Cool. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so, all right, awesome. Um, Karan, what do you think? <laughs> I feel like little Sir Echo going third. Yeah, you're um, like, what's left, right? You're not going third. I'm going <laughs> right. fourth. Oh, that's okay. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, everything Mr. Last said that when um, I get hundreds of emails a day, um, people wanting to be um, on our shelves in the university, and absolutely, first of all, I need to see a visual because our demographic has very little money, and they absolutely buy with their eyes, and it really has to speak to them. Uh, For me personally, because of our mission, I want to see the call-outs that are important to to our university, for instance, on food, um, whether it's non-GMO or it's vegan, vegetarian, et cetera. I also want them, you know, to his point about give me the details that are important to me. Um, why would my demographic want to purchase these products? Um, who are the influencers on YouTube and social media who might be touting the benefits of the products? Because that, in turn, will help me sell. And with very limited shelf space, I have to choose very carefully things that I know that I can move. Got it. Okay. All right, good. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that's all super uh, compelling. And I think that, um, 
you know, in, in my business and what, what I do, I try to, I guess we try to do a little bit of, of all of that. I think probably the thing I agree with the most out of what you guys all said is a little bit of Joe where he said that, you know, a little bit of common ground, understanding the retailer and maybe giving them at least one or two solutions or how your product might solve something. And then, uh, with what Salah was saying, yeah, I mean, the biggest issue I find when people come to me and they say, yeah, well, nobody's responded to me ever. I was sent out a bunch of stuff. I said, well, just before we do anything else, send me a, an email that you have sent another buyer and, and, you know, I'll get that email and the email itself will be like four pages. And then the presentation will be 50 pages. And I just go back to them and say, listen, this email just got deleted. I mean, nobody even, even looked at that. So keep it short, keep it concise. Um, you know, my big, uh, thing is always, you know, give them enough information to get interested, but not enough information to where they can actually make a decision before they talk to you. So I don't ever want a buyer to actually make a yes or a no. Well, they can make a yes decision. Yeah. Um, but generally I don't want them to make a no decision without actually having spoken to me first. So trying to give them just enough information to get interested. And then, um, and Karan, I was interested when when you were talking, and I'm going to throw this out to you and then everybody, is, you know, the, the, the most, the biggest way we reach out to buyers today is, is through email, at least that first contact. And most buyers are just like you getting 100 or so emails a day. So how can your email, let's talk about emails for a second. How can your email stand out? Uh, because it's just in a list, you know, they, they, once they get to start to read it, it's kind of like packaging, you know, once you pick something up. Uh, it becomes easier to start to, to get uh, accustomed to it. But how do you, you know, what would you say sticks out to you when you look down through your list of emails that might make you want to click on it? Hey, big boxers. Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I want to work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I want to share those experiences with you. I want to talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there and I want to help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to tlbconsulting.com, click on consulting, and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. First of all, I think maybe I'm old school because I you know, started with my own business with a small restaurant. So I'm, I'm very partial to my vendors. Um, I'm very loyal. And if they've taken the time to write to me, I want to take the time to respond to them. So I tend to respond to everybody. 
unless they have a major faux pas, and this just happened to me um, this week, where somebody sent me a follow-up email of, um, hey, did you see my email attached? Um, we think this product would be great for Colorado State University. And so I responded with, well, then why don't you contact Colorado State University? <laughs> um, <laughs> Whoops. Because they didn't even know who they were contacting, and it really ticked me off. Um, I quite like their product, but I just thought, wow, that's, you know, proofread your emails. So um, as long as, as they know who I am and it doesn't feel like a blanket email that they sent to a 1,000 people, um, then, you know, I will look at it. But I do want some meat. Um, attach a, a sell sheet so I know what kind of pricing because just looking at it point blank, if I don't have a pricing model, then my first response is going to be, you know, I like the look of your packaging. You know, what's the cost to me? Because, again, you know, my buyers have very limited incomes um, or very limited um, uh, bank accounts to draw from even though they think their parents' bank accounts are unlimited. Um, but they, you know, I really need to stay within a specific price point. So that really helps me make a decision whether we need to continue this conversation. Yeah. Um, Callan, I have a question for you. Um, what about, uh, actually for both of you, you and Salah, uh, what if you received an email where in the subject line someone mentions, hey, <clears throat> I ran this by a you know, a colleague of yours, you know, and they named that colleague and they said you might be interested in this. You know, when they reference someone that you know, is, does that help you, you spark your attention a little more or in, the, in the barrage of emails? Um, absolutely for me it would, uh, especially if it's somebody who I actually um, respect their opinion and know that they know what I do. Uh, just some random person at the university, you know, we have thousands of employees, so somebody random somewhere would not necessarily influence me. Um, however, if it's somebody who knows my business, if it was you, for instance, hey, Joe thought you might be interested in this. You, you delete that right away, right? <laughs> I knew. No, because I know you know what I do, and you're going to send people my way who are valuable to me. And who are valuable to my business. So absolutely, um, I would click on that. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. You know, I've said over and over again, I mean, I may, um, you know, a buyer gets a lot of uh, emails, but a lot of communication. And um, I mean, I agree with Karan with what she said. Uh, plus also, um, you know, if, if it doesn't work this one time, you know, circle back. Uh, buyers mm -hmm. have a lot going on, so. Good. Yeah, I'm a big believer. Point. I really appreciate yeah. the follow-up. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that it's. Um, I mean, I mean, believe me, I spent all day long uh, trying to figure out, you know, different things to put in the subject line that will, you know that will make a bigger impact. And I haven't really hit on any one thing. I mean, there's a couple buyers at Costco that basically say what they really want you to put is, um, the name of the company and then, uh, a bar and then new product introduction and then a bar and then the name of the product. Um, and so I've tried that and it works for that buyer, but other buyers, not so, not so much. Um, 
And so we're always trying to, you know, you know, figure it out as to, you know, do you want to put a statement in there? Um, you know, I have a, a product that I think I put a statement in there. Never drink a warm bottle, uh, you know, never drink a warm bottle of beer or a warm glass of wine ever again. Um, and I mean, that got some got some interest, but uh, I haven't ever hit on any one particular thing that buyers seem to on a mass scale identify with and pick out of the fray to to uh to open up and current to your pricing point um i specifically always leave my pricing out of my initial outreach and and it goes kind of back to my thing is if you looked at my pricing you might automatically disqualify me based on my pricing it's too high or it's this or it's that and i don't want that i really want to talk to you first and then if you tell me my my pricing is is too high and we've had a ta- chance to talk about the product and um as a sales guy I'm, you know, I'm okay with that, but I'll generally leave it out. And then when you reach back out to me and say, Hey, yeah, I, this is interesting. What's the price? Well, to me, that's a dialogue. Now we have a dialogue. We're actually speaking. Um, and, and so I'm, you know, I live and die by creating dialogue and, and having a conversation because that's, uh, you know, that's how we get to know each other and that's how we, you get to know us and the product and, and so on. So my, my, um, and, and you guys can tell me, if I'm, if you think I'm way off base, but yeah, that's generally how I'll do it. Um, you know, I might be missing the boat all these years and, and putting pricing in, in my initial <laughs> presentation, you know, would have been way better. Um, but I kind of tried it both ways and, and, uh, I generally leave it out. Anybody have thoughts on that? So I'd I like to say, right, Tim, go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm oh, go, sorry. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. um, I'm right at crunch time where I open my stores in four weeks and I start purchasing in a week. So, I'm actually, I think when I said put the pricing in there, I'm reacting to recent emails from this week, people wanting to get product in last minute. Right. Okay. And so for me, it's like, can we please cut to the chase? Um, because I literally have four more days and then I'm done, um, at least for my first semester. So I, I do agree that um, typically... I'll receive emails, and as long as there's some kind of image or something attached that I can see what the product looks like, which might tweak my interest, um, then, yeah, then I would go back and start the dialogue with pricing, et cetera. So I think you're right um, because I, I definitely, during my normal course of the year, if somebody put in pricing, I may make the snap judgment that it's too expensive. But that also opens up some more dialogue saying, mm, I don't know if I can move this product. Um, pricing seems a little high, but then it gives us, again, another opportunity for dialogue as well to say, well, here's why I don't think it is. And here is the research we found with, you know, 18-year-olds and the purchasing of this particular item. Sure. So my, my idea, I agree with both of you. I think both of you are right on. Uh, I think price... Uh, is important, but also it, it will depend. Yes, it could really kill the deal from day one, or it could impress. Now, I say that because if it's an item that's highly competitive that I'm presenting to a buyer, for instance, chips, nuts, trail mixes, you know, they're everywhere, right? These items are all over the place. But I remember the trail mix supplier who um, sent in the presentation and put in and done their homework that uh, the private label trail mix that uh, I had was $2 above in cost what the supplier just sent me. 
So that caught my attention quickly. That quickly said, oh, yeah, I want to talk to you. $2 less. So it, it all depends. It all the price. It all depends if it's highly competitive, if I, I need to really make an impression. Sometimes that's what would make a deal is price. So, again, it looks like it comes down to the context <laughs> And, and relevance, and them really knowing your business so that they'll know, okay, in this case, price putting price in my subject line is going to make a difference for you in this case because of the trail mix, you know, knowing that, you, you know, their competitor is more expensive. Well, for Caron, knowing that she's in crunch time, she needs all the information right away, so I need to put the price in there. But maybe in other cases, it wouldn't be as impactful. Right. Well, and I don't think impactful is, is, is the word, but here's the thing. You know, it's tough for, you know, somebody that's trying to um, introduce a product to a retailer to, to understand the actual mindset at the moment. Like Salah was talking about that moment. He had just mm -hmm. got the pricing from the other person, and this guy comes in a couple bucks cheaper. And so that made this huge impact. But there's really, I mean, that was just, uh, I tell my clients all the time, hey, sometimes timing is everything. And so that, to me, was a specific timing, boom, you know, bam, I got that email, it was awesome. And, and you're right, if the pricing hadn't been in there, uh, it probably wouldn't have had the impact. But on a large scale, when you're reaching out, you know, it's hard to know the actual mindset of the buyer when they might be looking at your, at your information right that minute. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Agreed, yep. All right. All right, cool. Well, that I mean, I think that that's super uh, good information. Um, let me ask you guys, let me ask you guys this. Salah, if there was one word or two words that a subject line could have that would stand out to you, what would those two words be? What, what the item is. What the, so, so if we're mix. talking I'm, chips or chips or trail mix that you're saying, if you don't put that in the subject line, I'm, I'm skirting by that. Quality trail mix, uh, quality chips, um, something Right away, what the item is, two, two or three words in the subject line. So you don't want me to send you a cute subject line talking about how to keep your beer cold? You want to know what the item is? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Karan, what about you? Two words. Hmm. One or two words. An question. I, I think I agree with Salah because that will also help me find that email when I actually need it. So I might not be looking for trail mix today, but I'll remember in four months. When I'm looking for it and go, wait, what was that thing? And it was trail mix and it's easy to find in my inbox. I'm super glad that you said that because sometimes I think um, creating emails that have searchability uh, in the subject line makes everything easier, uh, which is why with my clients, I always get out of email. So we go to Basecamp uh, for all my clients and that's how we communicate through Basecamp only because, you know, I too get 100 emails a day. And trying to find, oh, I sent you, Tim, I sent you this one thing, and I'm searching and blah, blah, blah. So it's easier in Basecamp. But when you're sending to a buyer, searchability of your email, guys, big boxer, searchability of your email, you heard it right here, makes a big difference. So if Salah's buying chips, he might do a search in his email for, for chips and then, and then group all those emails together to, to, to take a look. Like today, I'm going to look at all my new possible chip presentations, and so I'm going to search chips. So that's super, super helpful advice. Joe, what about you? What do you think? Well, you know, I just, I think you hit on a really awesome point there with searchability and email. And it's something that I've done all the time, but I've never thought about it, you know. And then when I'm looking for one particular thing, it's those key terms that count. So 
you know, I, I think that's an awesome point. Uh, just get to the point, you know, just just uh, the very minimum about what the subject is, because that is uh, a key way to, to uh, keep that email front of mind. Awesome. All right, guys, let me ask you an etiquette question. This is all related to first contact with buyers, so keep that in mind. But sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll get contact information from a buyer that includes their cell phone. And my big question to myself is always, okay, so if they included their cell phone in their subject line, that kind of means it's fair game, right? And so I'm wondering, if the cell phone is in the subject line of the email of the buyer in their signature line, is it fair game? You know, I, I, I would ask, I would clarify with the buyer before start texting or, or calling the buyer on cell phone. Some buyers don't mind it, but I would still... Uh, like to send a little note, hey, is it okay to text you or reach you by cell phone? Yeah, but I mean, isn't by definition the fact that they put it in their subject line, doesn't it kind of make it? I mean, if, they, if, if they're antsy about people reaching out to them by cell phone, why would they put it in their subject line or in their signature line? That be, that's beyond, you're right. You're right, because I would not, and I did not. <laughs> and, you know, I've met some buyers specifically that leave their cell phone off of their subject line because that's how they differentiate between people they're interested in and people they're not. They'll say, oh, I give my cell phone only to people that I have an interest in. So this way they know it's coming in from there. Okay, I talked to this guy already. Karan, what do you think? Do you put and, your cell phone in your well, signature line? <laughs> She's um, taking you off right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. No, actually, we have a particular format that our signature line has to look like at the university, which happens to include my cell phone. So I have no choice there. Um, so I think, you know, for me personally, just know where I'm at and make calls at an appropriate time. Um, you know, don't call me <laughs> during ski season ever. No, um, don't call me during the weekends, or um, I quite often get phone calls from the East Coast at 3 or 4 in the morning because y'all are up. <laughs> so, um, and I need to leave my phone on because I'm also um, emergency service personnel. So if there's an emergency at the university, I have to respond. <laughs> so it really just know where you're calling before you actually place that phone call. But yeah, my, mine is on there and it's part of our protocol at the university. So um, I would never, I would never be rude to somebody because they're calling me um, because, you know, to your point, my cell phone's there. It implies that they are welcome to call me. Yeah. Well, you may have to put your cell phone number in the subject line, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to put the correct one. <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, and for me also, I'm operational, so I'm rarely sitting at my desk. So calling my office phone, I don't even check my, my voicemails because it actually says on there, if you need me immediately, send me an email because that I'm, I'm checking all the time. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm – at the mercy because it is there. I mean, it's interesting, and I know I pushed back on you guys, but me personally, um, I won't ever reach out to anybody on their cell phone until I've talked to them uh, and, and to Salah's point, made sure it's okay. Now, I think that 
you're, you know, you're in the line of fire as a buyer if you put it out there uh, because there's people that are way more aggressive than me that will call you at different times and try to get you and, hey, man, have you seen my uh, this or that? But me personally and, and what I teach is that uh, even though it's there, don't abuse it. Don't abuse anything, really. Don't abuse the buyer in any way. Don't abuse their uh, hospitality, their time, their effort. You know, if you're going to call somebody, especially, geez, if you're going to call them on a cell phone, you better know what you're going to say and have all the information ready. And I think I, um, and this doesn't have anything to do with cell phones, but I think I put out on the podcast one time, I, uh, I was calling, it was a sports retailer, and um, I was just in that calling mode, you know, just one after another, everybody's going to voicemail, no big thing. And so I, uh, I left a voicemail like I'd been doing, and just seconds later, my phone rang, and I just instinctively picked it up, and it was the buyer. And he was like, yeah, man, you just left me a, a, a voicemail. What do you need? What do you want? What do you have? And I was just on my heels like nobody's business. I didn't have anything in front of me. I didn't have any information. I, I just was like – and he knew it too. I mean he was after me, and he was like, yeah, are you going to call me? Let's see if you really have all your stuff together. And I just failed miserably. And uh, – um, and so I really just had to actually come clean and say, listen, man, um, I don't have anything in front of me. You're catching me completely off guard. I know that I just called you super sorry. It's all on me, but can I call you back? And, <laughs> and he was, he was cool about it and he allowed me to call him back, but I didn't get anything placed in that retailer just to let you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, so and, and to me, it all came down to disrespecting that buyer's time. And uh, and not having my stuff together to, to really let him know what I was doing if he's going to take the chance to call me. So um, my advice out there is that even if the cell phone is available, don't use it until you've spoken to the buyer and made sure that it's okay and you have some sort of a dialogue. Um, I also have this pet peeve, guys. Uh, do you ever have people that you call them up and they answer the phone and then they tell you they can't talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, why did you answer the phone then? If you can't talk, just let it go to voicemail. So I never understand that. So they answer the phone. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I can't talk right now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so that's an issue of mine. All right. Hey, let's wrap it up um, and, and get, kind of get some final thoughts. Um, understanding that the main goal of the people that are listening to this podcast is um, that they have a product that they're super passionate about. They think it is the end-all, be-all to everything that any retailer could ever possibly want. Uh, and all they really want is their chance to just uh, talk about it, explain about it. And show it to somebody. And in this podcast, we're kind of talking about the best ways to gain that attention. So final thoughts, if you could impart just one piece of advice, narrow it down to one thing, um, big takeaways. Joe, what would yours be? Um, concision. You know, try and uh, communicate a lot very quickly and, uh, you know, not, with, not wasting their time. Cool. So be concise. Awesome. Salah. Be ready and stick to basics. Be a what was the first thing? Be ready. Oh, be prepared. <laughs> Look, you guys are all ripping on me now, right? Because <laughs> of my story. <laughs> be prepared and stick to the basics. Got it. Cover. Make make sure the basics are covered. Awesome, so. Karan. Yeah, I think I think everybody is taught your elevator pitch, and um, I think that's really important in business to have your elevator pitch always ready and prepared, but also to your description. Then be honest with me. Hey, I want to, you know, I appreciate your opinion or your knowledge on this. Can I please run something by you? I'm really happy to talk to anybody who does that because, you know, we're a university. I want to help people, help people get started. It's what we do for a living. 
and um, a a new supplier is no different if they just want an opinion on their on their product. So be honest as well. Oh my gosh, you just said that, and that was going to be my my one thing. So I'll expand. But be uh, to, I always tell my clients, hey, be honest. Don't embellish because if you embellish, you're you know you're going to get caught later. So uh, be honest about every about everything about your product. And then I guess. Something that Salah brought up earlier um, is uh, know your numbers. Know your numbers backwards and forwards. You know, mm-hmm. you ever see those people on Shark Tank and they start yeah. getting, you know, they start going after them about their numbers and they don't, they're not really solid on their numbers. I'm like, dude, how can you come on Shark Tank and not know your numbers? I mean, do you not watch Shark Tank? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you know, Mr. Wonderful is going to come down to your, your valuation. So why, why would you not know that? Um, uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, so know your numbers. So. I uh, I agree with that. So hey, all great information, guys. Super great information. I appreciate you being back on um, the podcast for our flash topic number three. And uh, it, you know the comments have been good. And uh, hopefully, uh, as we continue with a couple more, we're going to start getting some flash topic um, topics from uh, the big box listeners out there. And so don't be afraid if you want your uh, topic to be considered, guys, uh, for a future Flash Topic panel discussion um, to send it in. But make sure you label it, you know, hashtag FP or hashtag Flash Topic so we know that that's what the question is. Otherwise, it'll get answered somewhere else in, in the middle of the week podcast. So, guys, listen, thanks so much. I appreciate each and every one of you. Fun time to be with you today. And we'll look forward to next time. Thank, Thank you. you. Same here. Thank you. It was great as always. Bye-bye. All right, big boxers, there you have it. Flash topic number three is in the books. Thanks to Salah, Karan, and Joe. Appreciate all your insight and all your suggestions. I hope, big boxers, that you guys got something out of this particular flash topic because there's a lot of cool information in there, stuff that I'm sure that you guys have been wondering about as far as contacting buyers how to make yourself stand out, kind of things you might want to put in your subject line, whether you should use uh, the buyer's cell phone, all that good stuff. So hats off to the Flash Topic panel, and I'll look forward to FT number four coming up in August. Well, later in August anyway. All right, guys. Hey, if you're liking the podcast, do me a favor. Reach out to us. Ask us a question. Questions that have been coming in are awesome, and we're going to be getting to some of those in some future podcasts. But uh, reach out to us. Let us know how things are going. Anything that you would like to see covered on the podcast, we would love to hear from you. Go ahead and uh, hit us up on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a review, letting everybody else know uh, how the podcast has maybe impacted uh, what you're doing and how you're doing it. In fact, guys... I just got an email from a listener who was listening back when Tom Gray from Make 48 was on the podcast. And he heard that podcast and he heard about Make 48. He got some buddies together and they applied to be on this coming season. And guess what? They made it. So we got a big boxer listener that applied to be on Make 48 and he made it. And they're going to be on uh, and start filming season two here in September. So congrats to David. Call out for you out there. Appreciate you being a big boxer, supporting the podcast, and glad you got some information out of it that landed you on a TV, reality TV episode. So super cool. 
Again, guys, uh, share the podcast. Get it out there. Uh, leave us some comments. Uh, let everybody know um, what you're doing and, and maybe how the podcast has impacted you. And uh, uh, we appreciate it. If you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, on Twitter at TLB Consult. You can reach out to us on Facebook at TLB Consulting. And as always, you can hit us up on our website at TLBConsulting.com. Until next time, guys, look forward to seeing your products on the shelf.